What is going on, guys? And welcome to another episode of the Beyond Rad podcast. I am Chad, and this week we are joined by Damon Porras of a band called A Page Unturned. Am I So A Page Unturned is a pop punk band. They're based out of LA, California, and they're super fun. They've got a ton of energy and the music is just reminiscent of classic pop punk music. And Damon and the band have done some really cool touches to make it their own. And man, it was a really cool interview talking to him about the the fact that he's been able to express himself so much through his music. and what he's been able to accomplish and how much music means to him and all of these different facets of of being in a band and how much work it is. It's just super cool. I'm pumped for you guys to hear this interview. But before we jump in, be sure to head on over to Facebook, to Instagram, give a like and a follow to A Page Unturned, as well as the Beyond Rad podcast. And without further ado, guys, hopefully you enjoy and let's jump right on in. Well, Damon, dude, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, bro. I uh, I truly appreciate it. It's I'm pretty pumped because um, like I just recently found your music. Obviously, uh, shout out to James um, from Carry the Four for getting all this set up for us. But um, but yeah, dude, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Damon Forrest. I'm the bassist and vocalist in the band of Page Unturned with Ryan Siebold and Yoshihiro May. Um, I'm Growing up in California all my life, uh, living upland right now. I've been playing music since I was in high school and fell in love with the Beatles. And that really got me into music and then going to Vance Warped Tour for the first time. And uh, it just sort of inspired me to pick up a guitar and learn how to sing and met two awesome guys and here we are now there you go dude that's awesome so you guys have been have been a band since uh last summer right 2017 yeah we all met uh last year okay so you guys just barely met each other so um tell how did the band form then if you guys didn't know each other prior to uh to making music <laughs> i wish i start um <laughs> anywhere man <laughs> i posted an ad on craigslist and this is like my third or fourth time doing it. So I said on the ad, like, all right, this is my last time posting an ad. I've done this <laughs> too many times, um, but I'm looking for somebody to work with, someone to write songs with. And Yoshihiro hit me up and he's like, hey, we have the same music taste and I'd love to work with you. You have a great voice. I'm like, yeah, cool. All right. <laughs> That's rad. And then uh, invited him over and he brought this, like, he had these demos of songs and they were just like, um, he had like 30 seconds of some of the EP that we have now. Uh-huh. And they just blew me away. I was like, oh, these are so perfect. Yeah. And, and I was like, yes, let's, let's work together. And we started working on the songs together, uh, mainly him composing most of it because he already had like the idea of it. And then I would just throw in my ideas of arrangement and vocal melody. That's awesome. And we started like doing open mic nights and kind of trying to get demos together so we can post it on like make another ad on Craigslist or post yeah. on Bandmix. You know, one of those websites to find more members. 
And sure. um, we, post, we posted on FanMix, and we finally ran into Ryan. And I invited him over to my house, and we showed him California, the demo that we had for California. Mm-hmm. And he just nailed it after listening to it like twice. He just got it down. And it was like amazing and super cool. And then uh, starting from there, we just sort of jammed together. That's awesome. And, so, uh, so you play the okay. bass, you play the bass and sing Yoshi. He plays the guitar, the guitar. And then uh, what was the, the third member med member's name? Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, he plays the drum. Awesome. So, so you guys, you finally, so you met in 2017 um, how long had you and Yoshi been creating music prior to Ryan joining in? I think we met, um, in April and we met Ryan in August. Okay. And when me and Yoshi were working together, it was, um, there's a bit of a, a language barrier because Yoshi moved to the United States to California from Japan like two years ago. And he didn't know wow. any English. Really? And yeah, he didn't know any English and he wow. tried his best to learn English over the years. And, um, and yeah, he wanted to move to the United States and have a career in music. And he thought he would find the best musicians here in California. That's cool, man. That's crazy. That's like a, that's a major leap because I mean, obviously there's a lot of musicians in Japan, but to make that leap and say, I'm going to make this happen. That's super cool. Yeah, it's amazing. He's he's an amazing dude. He's a hardworking dude. He believed in himself, and uh, you know, I have a lot of faith in him. We all we all do, and we have a lot of faith that we're gonna make our dreams happen. So heck yeah, man, that's super cool. So so August is when the band is finally a cohesive three piece band. Um, have there been a, have there been talks about you know adding additional members? Are you guys pretty content with three with three band members or? At first, we were looking into getting another guitarist, and we were kind of searching around. Um, but eventually, we kind of just came to like we we became more comfortable with just the three of us. Yeah. And like when it came to songwriting and how sort of things went, we kind of created a system. So having another person come in kind of got like kind of difficult. So we just we became comfortable and we're like, yeah, we like this. Yeah. That's cool. I, I think that's super, I think that's super important. Cause like, obviously the style of music you do, there's, it's pretty common to have three piece bands within the, the pop punk genre, obviously, <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah. but obviously there's, there's a lot of bigger ones, like, you know, bands that have more than three members. And so it's, it's all just a matter of, I, I like what you said, you know, you just kind of like felt comfortable with the, the setup you had, because I think that creates more, um, authentic music right it's like if if we're comfortable if we know if we know our dynamic here we know we can make something good out of it and so um so you said yoshi came to you with a a bunch of music kind of like pre-arranged um did you did you write the words to it and just kind of put it together how did how did like that that songwriting process for the ep go yeah so pretty much um for the first three songs on the EP. It was um he had these like thirty second demos and I would write he would like compose a good amount of it and then we would discuss the arrangement of the song and we'd move stuff around 
and then I would write the lyrics to it once sort of the arrangement is completed. Okay. And then we talk about like the vocal melody and stuff. But Yoshi kind of had a already had like a large idea of what he of what the direction of the song was going to go. That's awesome. And so obviously yeah. he comes to you with those those uh, songs from the EP. There's the three songs on there. Um, have you guys been writing additional music together since then? Then. Oh yeah, I, we have about. Um, well, we're gonna have four more songs to be released over these next few months. Uh, we're just kind of shooting them out there, and some of them are quite different, and some are relatively the same. Because uh, this next one that's going to come out, it's very similar to the EP era, where okay. it's that fast, pop punk, energetic, happy. Yeah. And um, this the next song that's going to come out in December or sometime <laughs> within these next few months um, is a very darker sort of tone. It almost kind of reminds me of like the Blink One Eighty Two self-titled record. Okay. It's very sort of artistic and dark. Um, it's talking about a darker theme. Uh, the funny thing about like me and Yoshi's songwriting is when he writes like a song, when he has like an idea for it, it's very sort of happy, energetic. Like he wants a very um, positive theme to it. And with my songwriting, it's very uh, dark, sort of edgy, talking about topics that kind of like depression and anxiety talking about those darker things and uh when me and him sort of mesh together it kind of creates like a cool little dynamic yeah i think and that, these next few songs do that awesome i think that is a, a really important thing is um a band that i that comes to my mind right off the bat when you're talking about like kind of meshing that the positive happy sound with words that are a little bit depressing i i think of real friends new album um i don't know if you've yeah. listened to it but like you know, from the outside, you know, like songs like that. It's like, okay, this, this is like a heavy topic, but they covered it in a way that it makes it like presentable. And I think that's cool because, um, it's, it's especially in the, the social environment that we're in, there's, there's still a stigma of, you know, how to talk about those things and, and how, um, how a lot of a lot of uh the the mental disorders are um just not considered a normal pro- part of life to a lot of people still and it's like no that's normal and so i think it's good to to bridge that and to to bring in that topic with um with a more presentable approach right cuz um cuz when you have it a poppy fun sound people get hooked at first and then they listen and they're like okay this is starting to actually like impact me and actually help me and actually give me direction right yeah exactly like those kind of those kind of dark themes like you're absolutely right and i think that we should express them um i think we should sort of change the idea to like it you it takes more strength to sort of reveal yourself and to be all you are rather than just kind of hiding it away and sort of not dealing with it yeah um we should definitely sort of change that. And yeah, I think it's very important that art does that. Oh, I agree. And I mean, right now I am currently wearing my to write love hunter on her arms t-shirt for their, uh, 20, was it this year? 2018 suicide prevention campaign, the, uh, tomorrow needs you campaign. And it's like, I, it's, it's so hard. Cause for someone like me, I don't, 
I don't understand it. I, I can empathize with someone. I can, I can genuinely like want to just listen and care, but I just, I don't know what it feels like. And so like, I try to, to help out as much as possible just by listening. But, but I think, I think music is one of the most common and most, um, successful outlets for a lot of people who are struggling with emotional disorders, um, who just, you know what I mean? And so, so when you're, when you're writing out those words, how, like you're writing out the song, how are you, um, what is, what are you doing? Is it like a, you put yourself in a mindset and you just kind of like sit down and write, or is it kind of like drawn out over time? How do you, how do you sit down and write your, your songs? Um, pretty much when it, I mean, yeah, when it comes to the lyrics, uh, I have to really dive into really dive deep in within myself and sort of, um, kind of express all that's going on. It, it, it kind of gets difficult because you're trying to word it because you, you want to, you, I, like I start writing down sort of how I'm feeling and sort of what I went through and sort of what the, the topic is about. Yeah. And then it's about, okay, how do I make this a little bit more presentable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I really have to go into a really dark or honest place. And you know, when I'm writing like sort of the happier songs, like songs like California or the party, even that comes from a place of like me really diving into that mindset. Like, okay, how did I feel in that moment? Or like, what do I want in that moment? Like, it's really expressing the honesty that I find really important when it comes to writing music. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the art. That's the beauty of it. Like, exactly. I would be doing an injustice if I were to just make shit up or just write, you know, just crap. Yeah, exactly. Random yeah. And so, so, I mean, when you're pulling from these, for these songs, you're pulling from that, that obviously inner, that inner part of your, of your, you know, soul, you're, you're pulling from that and kind of like putting it into, you know, obviously you pull out all of the information that you can and you sort it to make it sound right, to make it flow correctly and to make it so it doesn't sound bad in a way of like, um, I don't know how to say it better necessarily, but like, you don't want it to sound like, um, super negative or v- spiteful or anything like that. You want it to still have obviously, uh, a resolve to it. But, um, when you're pulling exactly. from that, you're, you're looking at, at specific events that have happened. Or are you looking at things that you want to have happen when you like for the happy songs, are you looking at things that have actually occurred or are you looking at things that are like you're hoping that will occur or what, how are you uh, writing those ones out? So for, I guess I'll go into California for that one. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I, I really wrote about how it, it's kind of, it's really the difficulty of sort of following your dream mm-hmm. um, and sort of getting the pressure of the outside world of, you know, you need to kind of, stop that. That's the long shot. Maybe get a regular job. How do I do this? <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's, that's the better life. Um, that's the smarter route apparently. Um, and so I, I wrote, I wrote about like the years of me trying and failing at, you know, creating great music or getting somewhere with music. Yeah. Um, like before I met, um, Yoshi there, I would make YouTube covers and 
write really <laughs> crappy music. And I was just sort of, it'd be trial and error, lots of ups and downs and the failures, fail, fail, fail. Yep. And I wanted to write about like not giving up and sort of um, having that idea of you're, you're willing to risk everything to make your dreams happen. And so I kind of wrote about my experience. And then also in that song, I wrote about sort of Yoshi and his journey from going to, or going from Japan, leaving his whole life over there to start a completely brand new one, just to follow his dreams. Yeah. Um, so I really took those as inspiration. And then for a song, like, like one of our new ones is called reflection. Um, I really wrote about like my darkest thoughts when I'm sort of depressed and when I feel a lot of regret. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it all, it, it can come from both. It could come from just the feeling and just the mindset of the perspective I have on the world, or it can come from a certain event. Okay. That's good. Cause yeah. obviously either way it's coming from you. I was just curious. Cause, um, whenever I sat down and wrote a song or whatever back, this is way back when I was in like high school. I don't, I haven't written music in a long time, but back when I was in high school, it was, it was like, I would sit down and I would just think of, of like a story in my head. Right now it's, I'd kind of make up yeah. the whole thing in my head. And so I just, I'm always curious to know if it's like some, some people when they're writing out the songs, it's like, Oh wow, that sounds like, that sounds like they, they had a really cool, whatever, you know, like one, one of the songs that comes to my mind in terms of, uh, in terms of, I want to know if it's real or if I want to know if it was just a story thought up in their heads was a 44 ounce dream by, uh, by good Charlotte. That's it's a, it's a really funny song. I haven't heard that one. You haven't heard that one. Oh, it's off their, uh, came yeah. off on their album last two years ago or year and a half ago, or whatever it was. But it's like, it's literally about like a giant party where you, the, the guy gets so wasted that he just wakes up and he's like, I had the strangest dream. It was a, you know, he's talking about how he got totally drunk and had a 44 ounce dream. And so it's just a, it's just a really funny song, but I'm like, I wonder how they wrote that. And so I'm, I'm always curious about the writing process that people go through because that could be completely made up and it was still fantastic or it could be real and it makes it even funnier. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I I watched a bunch of uh, like interviews on Noel Gallagher from like Oasis and how he sort of wrote songs. And he, he kind of like, he would say that he just like nonsensically wrote them at like three in the morning, like random. They had like no idea what they mean. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I, but when you listen to like the words, it's kind of like, this must have came from somewhere. Like, even if he was making it up, this came from, like, a feeling. It must have come from, like, a feeling of honesty. You, you, get, what I, you get what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, maybe, maybe they did were thinking, like, they made it up and they were sort of writing a story. But maybe they kind of looked back at it in, like, two weeks and, like, oh, I'm kind of talking about uh, what happened so-and-so. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That happens too, because that's happened to me a bunch of times. Yeah, and I think I think that there's like one of the one of the big things about artists in general is they're creating constantly. If they if they're truly passionate and they're and they're living their passion, they're constantly creating. And yeah, there's you know a musician isn't only creating music, and a painter isn't only painting, an art an author isn't only writing it's these people are constantly creating just in their lives in general. And every person I believe is 
constantly creating. And so like, you know what you're saying? It's like, yeah, it could kind of seem have seemed like a nonsensical night or whatever, but it's like, nah, it was, it was the, the process that he went through for years and years and years worth of writing music and performing music and experiencing all these different things that culminate into a song. Yeah, exactly. And so when, um, like for your band, when you come together with the band, is there input from the other members for like the words or is it just kind of like you handle that and you guys work together collaboratively for the, the music portion? How does, how does kind of like the pulling the final, the final song together, how does that come together? So normally like when it comes to the words, that's, that's sort of on me. Um, for the music, it, it depends on the song. For for example, like California, it'd be Yoshi had this idea and Ryan would throw his input on the drums and say, you know, we should have this, this, and this, and he would do like these awesome fills. And then I would sort of just throw in my bass part and then we'd sort of talk arrangement and then it would be done. Okay. Um, for a song like Reflections, where I kind of came up with the guitar riff and then we just sort of just started building it from there. Like, I don't know how, and it, it always amazed me. I, I started playing this, the, the initial bass riff mm-hmm. and I was, and Ryan knew exactly what I was thinking when it came to like the drums. That's awesome. I was doing a pretty simple little bass arrangement and he just did this intricate, super dope little drum fill. I was like, Oh my God, that's exactly what I wanted the drums to do. That's awesome. That was super crazy. It was like a telepathic. Amazing. (laughs) That's, that's, that's telling that it's meant, you know, like that's telling that the song is, is going to be good when it's everyone's kind of hitting on all cylinders like that. I always love when I, when I see stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's it's such an amazing feeling, and we're all like just pumped. And then that's when all the like the creative magic juices just start flowing. And yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah. So when you guys are are like practicing as a band, um, are you typically like focused in on practicing songs that already exist? Are you like what does your typical like band practice consist of? Normally we'll go over uh, the songs that normally exist. I mean, it would be like if we have a show coming up, we'll really focus on that. And then sometimes something will just come to our heads. Um, like, I don't know what it is, but when I get to rehearsal, like, I, it's so easy to write a song, like, in the first 50 minutes of when I get there because the melody just comes to my head, and then I just start, like, playing it out, and then we'll just start jamming it. Or like Yoshi will bring one of his demos and then we'll just start working on it just sort of near the um, end of rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it all varies. Some days we'll just be focusing on what we have and then other times something will just happen. That's, that's cool, man. That's super cool. Um, And so you got, you said you've got four, four additional songs coming up over the next X amount of time. Um, what are you guys, what's your guys' process when you're like demoing music and stuff? Are you guys just sitting down and you're just kind of like put it in on a very general track with some MIDI drums or you, um, are you taking it in and tracking it ASAP? How do you guys do your, uh, your kind of like 
production process with your new, with your new music? Yeah, so so normally we start with the pre-production where we do the MIDI drums and Ryan will um, kind of go in and sort of map out how the drums will be. Yoshi will record his guitar over it and then I'll record my bass and then we'll kind of lay everything down and sort of go over everything and be like, oh, we want this. Oh, maybe we should take that out. Maybe we could change this. That way, once we get to like the production part of going and record the music, it, it's a lot faster and, and easier. and We can have everything mapped out beforehand. Yeah. Um, and once we get to the recording stage, I mean, we've been doing the recording when it comes to the guitar, bass, and vocals. We do that ourselves. And okay. then we'll take it to the studio for the drums. Oh, okay, cool. And then we send it off to a mixing engineer. So for our drum engineer is Charlie Waymeyer from Ultimate Studios. He's amazing. Um, him and Ryan, uh, I think Charlie was Ryan's teacher at Musicians Institute in Hollywood. Oh, cool. And they have like a really cool connection. And um, for our mixing engineer, we work with Mark McCluskey, who's worked with uh, Motion City Soundtrack. and Awesome. Um, yeah, Justin Pierre. Like, yeah. he's worked with Weezer and all the greats. Like, that's rad. He's such an awesome dude. Yeah. It, but yeah, that's sort of our, our process. We just sort of record that stuff ourselves and then send it off to him and then all done. Awesome. When you guys lay down like your pre production, do you like, do you find like it, it, how like do you kind of get like that out of body experience when you're listening to the music do you catch all the things that you want to like do you do you, when you're listening through on the pre-production process and like you've already recorded yeah. it and you you go back through is there a lot of changes that you guys end up making right there and then and there or is it kind of like we're happy with it um does that make sense like as you're listening through it once again um rather than just playing the song you've now already recorded it and it's playing back to you. Oh yeah. It, it's so different from playing it and hearing it back through a recording. Yeah. Because one, you, you hear a lot of, or you hear some mistakes that you might make or, uh, you start thinking like, Oh, this would sound better. If this changed. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely the case. Like we'll listen to a song that we demo like a hundred times and we'll, constantly find things and try to change them. Yeah. And at what point do you, do you accept the flaws and move forward either anyway? That's the flaws. Yeah. So like, I mean, the, the fact is no matter who you are, you're going to have kind of like a, it's never going to be 100% perfect in your ears. Right. Um, one of my favorite creators is uh, Peter McKinnon. He's a YouTuber, does some really phenomenal work. And um, mm-hmm. he talks about being a perfectionist and how he knows exactly how he wants the video to look when he makes it. And if he were to be in charge of, of uh, or not in charge of, but if he were to be putting it out the exact way he wants it to look every time, he'd never get anything out there because he would fall too far behind and he'd just he wouldn't have enough content to keep putting out. And so he, you know, he always right. talks about how perfection is the enemy to done, right? He's like, 
done is better than perfect. And so I was just, I'm just curious to know at like what point when you're, when you've listened through and you're like, Oh, I found this flaw. I found this flaw. At what point do you say, I'm still happy with it and I'm moving forward either way. Yeah. You, you know what it is? It's normally when, cause no, normally one of us will be unsatisfied with it. I, I think me and Yoshi are like the most, we're very much perfectionist uh-huh. and we do that all the time. Um, I think when, uh, one of us, either Ryan, me or Yoshi say like, so if I was like unsatisfied with the vocal part, like I'm like, that's ah, not perfect yet. It's not that great. And they say, no, it sounds great. It sounds awesome. Like this is definitely in it. Then it'll, it'll kind of change my mind. I'll be like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a collaborative thing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Awesome. We kind of built each other. Yeah. You guys are kind of boosting each other's confidence while, while saying, all right, yeah, we're going to, we're going to move forward either way. Um, so, yeah. okay. That makes exactly. sense. But if it were up to you, would you like being a perfectionist? Cause this is something I'm a perfectionist with a lot of things and it's mm-hmm. been, it's always a challenge to me to present something that's not 100% just like perfect. And that's why I created a deadline for myself with the podcast. I'm like, if I've got an episode, it's got to go up by Friday morning. That way I have no way to stop myself. Right. And it's like, if I've already had a, if I've already recorded it, it's got to go up. And so, yeah, like, I'm just curious to know when, when, if, if it was just you, if you're out there, like prior to when you met Yoshi and stuff, you're out there, you're writing all this music, you're doing all this stuff. Um, at what point are you satisfied? Um, in spite of things that you may catch that are imperfections. Hmm. I would say, uh, like, I would definitely make a deadline for myself. And if it gets to a point (laughs) where it's getting real close, then I just sort of like, all right, I got to work with what I have now. Yep. Fine. Yeah. And I think what sort of got me to that mindset was I was in, I served in the army national guard. Awesome. Thank you for your service. Kind of going, (laughs) thank you for your support. Um, going through that, it was, it was kind of like you had to deal with what you had. Yeah. Cause nothing's going to be perfect. So you, you have all these tools in front of you. It's like, okay, what are you going to do now? Cause you have to get the job done. Yep. Um, so I think that sort of mindset helped me with that. Cause before I would do it, <laughs> I would just beat myself up all the time. I was not perfect. It doesn't yeah. sound that great. But I think after that, it's like, all right, well you got to deal with it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, you get you got to do it right. It's gotta it's gotta happen. Yeah, I think that's awesome because that's yeah, exactly. I think that's the mindset, like the the mindset of there's there's kind of like I think two or three different facets to that top this topic that um, are stumbling blocks for a lot of people, um, especially people where you were talking. You know, you've you talked about how like you've tried and tried and done so many different things and and you failed in so many different ways when it came to music didn't make you a failure. It just meant that that wasn't the avenue for you. It just meant that this, this could, you know, you just had to keep trying and keep doing something new. But I think there's a lot of kids or a lot of people who are, who are out there to try and create something that, um, get this idea in their head that if it's not perfect, it's not worth putting out. If, if it's not something that 
every single person's going to like, it's not worth putting out there. And if it's, yeah, exactly. And so, so I'm kind of just, that's, that's why I was curious about how you like uh, deal with that because obviously you've got an EP out there. You released an acoustic version of one of the songs on the EP. You've, you've been putting out music. You've been record, you've been recording new music and writing new music and you've obviously been pushing forward. And I think that a lot of people who, who create need to see that it's, uh, it's dangerous to not put your stuff out there because yeah, for the first hundred songs, it may not catch, but 101 could be the hit, right? Or same thing with pictures or or like photography or paintings or stories or writing. And so, um, for you, like, um, as you were dealing with the, the various, um, stumbling blocks, I'll call them because I don't think they're failures necessarily. I think they're learning experiences, what I call them. Um, when you're dealing with all of those throughout your, your time as a musician, what kept you going overall? I think it was just the love of the art. Um, I, for me, music is my tool for communication. Yeah. Um, I think, cause it's really hard to sort of, it's, it's always been really hard to sort of express myself through like talking to somebody or, you know, making speeches or vlogs. That, that was always really hard. It's always really hard for me to communicate mm-hmm. how I feel and kind of who I am. Um, but with music, it's really easy. It's like, it just feels like it's, it's a part of me. It's a part of how I show myself to the world. Um, and you know, when I, when I release music, it's just like, you know, I'm doing this for me ultimately. Yeah. And if other people can relate to it, I mean, that's great, but this is, this is a part of me. This is me. Like there's no other option. Um, that's, that's kind of how I view it. I know that's fantastic. That's, that's why I was curious. Cause, um, I, I really enjoyed, I was, when I interviewed Stephen Christian, he mentioned, you know, if you create music for, for everyone, you reach no one. Um, if you create it for one person, you reach everyone. Right. And there's, there's something magical about that. And when, when you, it's a lot of people, you know, they use the word selfish when they're talking about what you just mentioned, but it's not selfish. It's, it's what, what, what word would you use to describe that? Um, the fact that you're doing it ultimately to fulfill your, um, like that passion that you have for music. What, what word would you use to describe that? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I definitely wouldn't describe it as selfish either. Because you're putting uh, it out there in the world, right? Like if you kept it to yourself, it is yeah. selfish, but you're sharing it still. And so that's why I'm curious to know what, what word someone would kind of like label that as? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the word will come to mind after this. But like, normally when I play, normally when we play live, it's like, we want people to enjoy the music. Like we want them to feel, to feel excited and happy to, to be there and feel all the emotions that come with the song. Yeah, of course. And we hope that they can relate to it and really feel, 
feel what we were writing. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't describe it as it's a, a selfish mindset because you can't please everybody. Like, I, like that's a beautiful quote, right? For everyone, you know, <laughs> you'll really relate to nobody because exactly. it's very surface level. Yeah, and you're trying to please everyone, and and realistically, you you can't. Yep. You can't. So you just have to write for yourself, and then you really have to hope that people like it, enjoy it, and can relate to it. And I think, and maybe yeah, exactly. And I think the reason why a lot of people don't put their music out there, don't put their art out there, their creation, whatever it is, they don't go out on a limb is because, um, I think what, I think you even mentioned it earlier on in the, in this podcast is, is that you, uh, you know, you're writing these things and it's, it's very, it's, it's a very personal thing to be jotting down, right? Like, it's something yeah. that when you put it out there, you're kind of putting your heart on your, you're wearing your heart on the, your sleeve and you're kind of yeah. opening up yourself to criticism that can hurt if, if you care what people think. And that's the, that's a, another thing that I actually wanted to, uh, to get your opinion on is, is like, how do you, one of the, one of the things that I, I, learn about all the time and have talked about a lot with, with various people is the, the concept of loss aversion, right? You feel a loss twice as hard as you enjoy a gain. Right. And so like when you win, it feels great, but when you lose, it feels twice as bad as it did feel good. And so like it's in the world that we live in social media and, you know, keyboard warriors, these, these people, feel like they can just say whatever they want, do whatever they want. And you have to still deal with the potential emotional repercussions of what they say. So how do you keep yourself kind of centered and say, whatever they say, it doesn't make any difference. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, Yeah. Again, it's back to that mindset of this is a part of me. And no matter what anybody says this, you know, doing this, is what it, it's me. It's I'm. This is a part of me. There's nothing I can change about it. Yeah. And if I were to take in all of that, I mean, it's sometimes it's it is good to have constructive criticism. Yeah. There's a difference, that, right? There's there's attacking and then there's yeah. criticism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So as for like the full on hating, um, I just sort of, you know, just ignore it. I mean, people everybody has their opinion and they're entitled to have it. Uh, but it doesn't mean that everybody's right. Uh, and I just kind of just got to keep going and yeah. doing my thing. And we just got to keep our head straight and, you know, move forward. And yeah. Keep doing what we love. Yeah. And regardless. that's, and I think that's, I think that's a fantastic mentality to have. I, uh, Honestly, a lot of the 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 reasons I ask questions like this is, is I'm like, so I, uh, recently for my new job, I I did a personality test. It covers like the, the most common like attributes that I have, the things that kind of direct my whole life. Right. And like, number one was positivity. Number two was like, um, um, 
I don't, I, I remember a few of them. I, I have, I've, I've studied them a lot and I just keep forgetting which ones my top five are, but basically I remember two of the main ones I have, which is positivity and empathy. And the empathy is what makes me feel way too much what people say. And so that's why I'm honestly, I'm genuinely asking out of like, when people say mean things to me, it like super affects me. And so I'm always amazed when people have thick skin and just like, I'm good. And so I, I appreciate the mindset you have because it's, it empowers people to continue going and pursuing dreams that may have been squashed. If, if someone was a jerk to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that happens. I mean, yeah, I, I think everybody sort of can get affected by it uh, on, at some level. Yeah. I mean, because they are just completely attacking you and hating on you. So when I receive it, it's kind of like, it, it stings a bit, but it's like, yeah, again, it's back to that mentality. Of everybody has their opinion. It's fine. It doesn't make it true. <laughs> Yeah, that's make it true. That's and honestly, like, I'm gonna keep doing my thing. Yeah, I mean, your music is fantastic. I just want to make sure that you're aware. I think the EP is super, super rad. I really enjoyed listening through it, and uh, I'm super pumped for new music. And so, I'm not saying this out of like, I haven't looked at your comments and stuff. I don't know if people have been hating on you. I just am. I'm just genuinely curious because, um, because it's just it's just a part of being a creator that like you have to deal with, right? There's gonna be people who don't like what you create. And they feel like they need to just tell you that they don't like it. And that's the part I don't understand is like, if you don't like it, that's fine. But you don't have to like be a jerk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, oh, I don't, we haven't gotten too much. We've gotten some hate on like on our social media, but mainly it comes from when we go play shows. And then you'll hear like a couple dudes off the side saying comments. And then you're kind of like, all right. That sucks, man. Well, but I mean, you are in LA. It's one of the biggest cities and there's, you know, there's plenty of dirt bags to go around the world. So <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, 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 the thing that's, I'm, I'm like my wife, she, uh, she kind of like is boggled by my mindset is to me, every person is gen like almost every person. There's obviously going to be crap people out there, but most people are genuinely good people. And you know, the majority of people yeah, aren't going to be that that jerk who stands on the side and says crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, um, just kind of like in terms of direction for you guys, um, are you, are you able to talk about the music that's coming out soon? Or are you, um, what's, what's kind of the plan going forward? Um, pretty much. This is sort of, uh, we want to release these decks for songs in the near future over these next months over over these next few months and then um we just want to keep playing more sort of just spreading our music as, as much as possible and i think what's really exciting about these next few songs is like it's some of them are sort of in the era of the old of the ep and then some are just like songs that we sort of branched out into kind of a different direction and i, I think it's really cool that we show people that we can sort of kind of do anything we want to. Yeah. We're not sort of limited by whatever genre they kind of put us in. I think pop punk is the genre that we put ourselves in right now. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's with these next songs, I think it's really cool how 
we can sort of stray away from that. And I mean, eventually in the future, I want people to hear our music. Like I want people to hear like the first five seconds of one of our songs to be like, Oh, that's a page and turn. Yeah. We're just creating a, a, just a new and exciting sound of our own is what we're all focused on kind of doing. But that's I awesome. think, um, pop punk will always be like our foundation, um, as a band. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a fantastic genre. It's one of my favorites. I was, someone was teasing me about how it's like, so you're basically a perpetual teenager. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm fine with that. That's like, that's my music. I love it. <laughs> oh yeah. I've, I've loved this music ever since I heard green day and blink Rainy too. And then Yoshi with L garden and newfound glory. Yeah. Ryan with no effect. You know, we, we, we've loved this music since the beginning. So it's, it, we're just super passionate about it. But we also love other music and we love to uh, experiment and stuff like that. Heck yeah. And I think I think that's cool. I think that um, honestly, in my opinion, when Blink-182 branched out and did their self-titled, it was the best album they ever released. Um, I totally agree. <laughs> and and it's like it was it's not to ra- I mean, it's not saying any of their other music wasn't phenomenal. It was just that that album just was like up just a cut above the rest. And so I think a lot of bands get scared of stepping out of the, out of the status quo. I mean, and you know, out of fear being called sellouts or out of just like, um, people just kind of not listening anymore. But I think it's, it's, I think it's smart to, uh, to keep releasing various styles because, you know, there's people are going to enjoy once they get a hold of your music and they start listening more and more, they're going to just enjoy the fact that you're releasing new music, at least if yeah. they're a fan, they are, you know? And so, yeah, I, that's, that's something that always gets me excited is when I see new music. And even if it's completely different than I've ever heard, like good Charlotte's new album is very different than their old music, but it was phenomenal. It's like, mm-hmm. even if it's different, I'm still a huge fan. So I'm going to listen. And I'm going to love it either way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if it's good, it's good, right? Exactly. That's, that's, that's my opinion on it. And, uh, bro, just as we, as we close, I want to kind of do a, a kind of quick few questions. I I've been asking a lot of the same questions in my recent interviews and stuff. So, um, I think I'm going to maintain those same questions. Um, but first one, what are your top five favorite bands of all time? Yeah, that's really hard. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to shoot out some favorites. Uh, Green Day, Blink-182, The Beatles. Uh, let's just say All Time Low and Social Distortion. Awesome. What's your favorite what is the album that you are currently listening to that is your favorite or most played? Uh, what's the story? Morning glory by Oasis. Oh, wow. Okay. Good stuff. What is your most anticipated concert of 2019? Mm, I have a, I have a, I have not actually kept up to date with the the new concerts coming out. Um, 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I got to update myself. <laughs> no problem. Last one. Your favorite non-musical hobby. That is a good one. Uh, <laughs> playing, soccer. <laughs> playing soccer. Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, me and my buddies would go play soccer all the time. Nice, man. <laughs> I didn't think those would stump you so much. I'm just... <laughs> honestly most of those would stump me a lot too because i'm like oh man there's just too many good ones to choose from so <laughs> exactly there's there's like oasis i should have included that one like there's so many bands that i love yeah so and that that's why it's so hard to narrow it down to five and so whenever whenever <laughs> i ask people like i um i don't know if you've heard of gary vaynerchuk i mention him all the time because i just think he's awesome but he uh he was recently um asked what his 13 songs would be if 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 someone were to print him a vinyl what 13 songs would be on it and i was like holy crap i would not be able to i would not be able to just write then and there say what 13 songs would be on my my life's album because that's just yeah, way that's, too that's so yeah that's just that's just way too hard for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean like and it's also hard because i have like favorite songs but they're not necessarily my favorite band. Oh yeah. I have that so, too. So I, God only knows by the beach boys is one of my favorite songs of all time, but the beach boys aren't exactly like my favorite, like pet sounds to me, like an amazing album. Yeah. But yeah, they're not, I can't say that they're like one of my favorite bands. So that kind of like mixes in with my favorite artists. So I kind of like get confused. <laughs> dude that's it makes it rough man there's just there's genuinely so much good music out there that it's just so hard to uh to just narrow it down and so i think it's it's always a fun mind game to try and like pinpoint what your favorites are and i'm like uh i'm i'm always able to choose my number one and two it's like it's it's always bouncing back and forth between yellow card and Anne Berlin. those are my number ones and one and two bands and so like so like those two are always right there at the top, but then there's always so many like right there, right beneath them. And so it's like, I can't, I can't ever really know like between you and me is huge one right now for me. I love them right now. And I've also been listening to a lot of trophy eyes. I've been actually listening to a lot of Australian bands lately, but like, it's just so hard. And for me, like my top five is usually based on what I'm listening to today. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, dude, I really appreciate your time. I uh, I had a blast talking with you. It was it was really cool getting to know you. I'm super stoked for the band because you guys are in such like a such a youthful stage in terms of of where you're at as a as a a band where you've created music and and there's so much so much runway that you guys are just working with and it's amazing because you released three powerhouse songs to start out and uh, you've got more coming up. And so one last thing, you know, uh, is there anything that, that you want to, uh, you know, if any of the people listening, what do you want to ask them? What do you want to tell them? What's, what is it that, uh, as you close, as we close that you want to say? I would just say, you know, thank you for you know, listening to our music and enjoying it. And we hope to see you at, uh, our live shows and we hope to tour the world and, yeah, I can't wait to meet all you. And uh, Yoshi and Ryan say hi. <laughs> and uh, and again, thank you very much. And we'll keep making awesome music for everybody. 